The Behind the Wall podcast is presented by Dano Seasoning. Great cooks use real spices, and that's exactly what you'll get when you use Dano's. It's the best Dan seasoning on the market. Taste and see why we say, you don't know till you Dano. Get some today at danoseasoning.com and use our code Behind the Wall at checkout. The most exciting sport in the world. NASCAR. NASCAR. It's not an opinion. It's fact. And we're fanatics. This is the Behind the Wall podcast. Brought to you by Behind the Wall Media. If it's race recaps, previews, driver news, results, schedules, and anything else NASCAR, we are your premier podcast. Flying by the seat of our pants. The Behind the Wall podcast with your host, Henry Hobbs, Josh Slate, Adam Thomas, and Jay Young. We're back. It's the Behind the Wall podcast. Got just Josh and I this week in studio. Don't feel like we need any any other people to join us this week just because for the fourth week in a row, Kyle Larson wins again. Brand new track back at Nashville Super Speedway. Saw an interesting race. A lot of strategy, a lot of slipping and sliding, and a lot of tire failures. Quite the race. Josh, what'd you think? Actually, I, I know what you're going to say, but t- tell the people, how how did you feel about the race? The race was phenomenal. It's what NASCAR needed. Cars being fast, a little downforce, cars wrecking, parts failing, Kyle Larson winning. That was insane. But it was also the first weekend that we, yeah, Kyle Larson dominated, dominated, but Hendrick Motorsports seemed to not really dominate. You see Kyle Larson won, but Ross Chastain got up there. William Byron was running strong, but... Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman, both not in the top 10. Alex Bowman finished 14th. Chase Elliott, geez, where did he finish? 39th. Yeah, 39th. So I forgot he got DQ'd. Yeah, so just like not a solid weekend from what we've been seeing at a Hendrick well, he Motorsports. Well, he was running fine the entire race. He just he got Yeah, but at the end of the day, with... he didn't get to finish. Yeah, but that's – I don't think that was a strategy move, not tightening the lug nuts. I think it was a uh... – a series of misfortunate events. Yeah, but, but if that didn't happen, we would have had three. I don't. I don't know where he actually finished. I can't remember. Thirty ninth. Well, I'm yeah, looking I'll, at results now. Well, yeah, but, oh, that's where did he finish though? Before he got disqualified. That's the question. Uh, I think it was on the top ten, but it's like the past couple weeks we haven't seen Hendrick Motorsports make any mistakes. So. A week with only two of their cars in the top five is like a bad week for Hendrick Motorsports at that point. I think they've put themselves up on the pedestal where if they don't have a car in the top five, people are going to be like, oh my God, what happened to Hendrick Motorsports? Oh, they still had two in the top five though. Yeah, I'm just saying they're putting themselves in a spot where people are going to freak out if they don't even put one car in the top five down the road. Yeah. So Larson's so good. Bowman had a speeding penalty. That's what set him back, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so he had he had a speeding penalty. Uh, Chase Elliott 
I think what Canal said it was that one of the one of the lugs on a tire was loose, and like I don't I don't know what how five got loose, but five ended up being loose. I don't think it was a, definitely it wasn't a strategy call because that would have just been stupid to miss five lugs. But at the end of the day, I mean that's that's unfortunate. They still were Chase Elliott was still a decent car throughout the day, and he was. I don't know if he had anything, definitely didn't have anything for Kyle Larson. And I really don't think anyone had anything, but I would, I would say solid top 10 for three of the cars and Chase Elliott lucked out obviously, but I mean, look at the rest of the top 10, Ross Chastain, he showed up. That was, that was was a a great strategy call on his end. I was, I was kind of bummed that Larson didn't run out of gas because Ross Chastain went in for the first race in Nashville smashing watermelons would have been sweet, but he had Eric Almirola with a comeback finished fourth. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Who was solid the entire day. Like I, I, he basically was a Hendrick car that day finished sixth Suarez, seventh Kurt Busch, eighth Christopher Bell, Jerry Logano, 10th Christopher Bell definitely needed the ninth. Cause he's, he's been kind of lackluster the past, like five, six, yeah, seven ever weeks. Since his win, he kind of had like a little like hot streak going with top tens, but Definitely good for him. But then, like, Harvick uh, finally got a top five. Hopefully that team can kind of get the ball rolling and pick up some momentum because we talked about it last week. Rodney Childers said they brought the best of the best to uh, Texas with them for the All-Star race, and they obviously didn't win. But what a weekend for Eric Amarola. Qualifying yeah. on pole, finishing fourth, won a, a, what, a stage in the Open a couple weeks ago in Texas. Stewart Oss Racing might be – I'm not going to say a comeback, but might be getting a little bit stronger because you got to take this momentum. Cole Custer and uh, Chase Briscoe, obviously, still aren't providing the results that I think Stuart Haas would want him to get. But well, they had they had issues though. Yeah, but I'm just saying in general, it's there when they when they were fine, they were running top ten. I mean, they qualified all ten cars in the or sorry, all four cars in the top twelve, I believe. Yeah, but when Briscoe came into the season, I thought he would be like a dark horse to like make the playoffs, and I thought Cole Custer would carry his momentum into this, but it's just that whole team's, for lack of a better term, sucking, and Kevin Harvick kind of needs to get back on there in a top five for two of their four cars. It's pretty impressive at this point in the season for Stuart Haas. Yeah, I, I definitely had great expectations for Chase Briscoe coming into the season, and who... Who would have thought that Stewart House Racing would have had this bad of a year? I mean, you're uh, nine races until the playoffs to this weekend. So basically eight eight race weekends before the playoffs and no one's got a win on your team. Yeah, considering what Harvick had nine wins last year and we're halfway through the season and Stewart House has zero wins, that's yeah. kind of eye-opening. And then – you look at the two top dogs from last year, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, at this point in the season, I can't even remember how many wins they had, but it definitely was more than the big goose egg that they got this year. And Hamlin's still leading the points, finished 22nd this week, and Larson's been killing it. We might finally have a battle for the points lead uh, brewing here in the next couple weeks. And at the pace Larson's winning at, I think uh, Larson's going to steal that lead from this week at Pocono, especially with two yeah. races. I think if if Larson ends up winning the regular season championship, that's that's the the championship at that point is that's concluded. I mean, just just unless he has a colossal meltdown, he's just he's performed way too 
he is just light years ahead of the rest of the rest of the pack. And you got to think that Stuart Haas is kind of kicking themselves because I know they wanted him, but they couldn't get the backing from Ford. Ford's probably kicking themselves. Uh, I don't think he would have had the same success in the in the the Ford group as he does with Hendrick. But still, I mean, he, he had a couple options there. None of them could capitalize. Second of all, we talked about early in the season rookie of the year stuff. And uh, let's assume at the beginning of the year, Ross Chastain was going to be eligible to run for rookie of the year. Would you have expected him to run like this? And if, if he was rookie, if he was in the rookie of the year stands, he would win hands down. Would you have expected that? Uh, no, because you know, my opinion on, uh, on Ross Chastain when he came in and obviously this year, I think he's really surprised me as well as he's done, but it's just, the cup cars are so different from Xfinity that guys you don't think will do well in cup come in and do decent. I won't say that he's fantastic. He's definitely getting better as the season progresses. But if we were to put him at the beginning of the year, I would have said Chase Briscoe would have topped to Ross Chastain and rookie of the year points. Yeah, I would have thought so. And I'm, I'm high on Chastain. So I, I, I still would have gone with Chastain rookie of the year, but how it's playing out so far is, is it's truly surprising. Uh, I, I do have a question for you. So we're, eight, we're, we're, uh, we got a handful of races left before the playoffs. At this point in the season, who is the most disappointing driver this year? Matt DiBenedetto, I think, because of how he started the season. But looking all around, shoot, this is kind of hard question. I don't know. It's, I don't know. Maybe Bubba Wallace. Not that I've ever been high on Bubba Wallace, but I think he had so much hype built around him this season. It's like, all right, here's a chance to go do great things with 2311. Michael Jordan's coming on board. Denny Hamlin's coming on board. Then he comes in and just doesn't do anything in the car. He's a pretty much a fifth JGR car and hasn't really done much, but as much hype as it, he had around him coming in this season. I think it's a big letdown for how that team's performing. I'd say De Benedetto. I mean, you're you've got backing from Penske. Arguably, could say that he's a fourth Penske car. And what has he done this season? I mean, he people are so high on him, and he's he's a great individual. I love watching him. I love watching him do well. He's the the fans love him. Obviously, it it's surprising, and I'm starting to get to the point where. I'm I'm curious to see if he ever will be decent in the Cup Series. I mean, he's I wouldn't say Wood Brothers is a top tier ride. I mean, obviously it's it's not up to par with the rest of the Penske cars, but uh, I would have expected better performing or a, a better performance out of the uh, Benedetto this season, but we're not seeing it. Same with Bubba Wallace, and that's that's a Bubba's Bubba's interesting because I know I know he can drive. But at this point in the season, the excuse of it's a new team, they're they're getting momentum, they gotta they gotta figure things out, yada yada yada. I'm starting to get to the point that like I don't I don't know whose fault it is because Bubba can drive a car, but he's had issues. The I know the team is good because it's basically a fifth JGR team, but they're failing. I mean, it's just it's it's a cluster right now, and it I think it's it's something to do 
me just with an uneducated opinion, I think it's because you've got two owners who are kind of disconnected. You know, you got Denny Hamlin, who's obviously his, his main priority is to win in the 11 car. So he can't focus all of his attention to the 23 car. And you got Michael Jordan, who's been to one race this season. And even when he's at the race, he's not really around. He's probably, I don't know where he's at. I don't think I've seen him on camera. But then you get Trackhouse with Pitbull. And I don't know how engaged Pitbull is with the team, but you see him on the grid with Suarez on TV, having fun. I mean, he's hyping up his driver. And I'd say both Trackhouse and 2311 are on par with each other. I mean, they're both equally disappointing this season, uh, especially with how, uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Suarez started the season, but I don't know. It, and it kind of, it kind of makes me worried to see what, uh, what colleague racing is going to do next year. Yeah. I just, I think coming into the season, 2311 had more funding. Cause I, I really didn't know how Trackhouse would do. I knew they'd probably mm -hmm. be a 20th place car, but coming in with Justin Marks and Pitbull, you see it's kind of lopsided where the money's stunt. coming from. And then, but with 2311, you see Denny Hamlin, he's a loaded dude. Michael Jordan, biggest name in basketball, the second best player to ever play the game. And, That's uh, wrong. <laughs> but I don't know. You can't say, you can't that, say LeBron's a better um, – better basketball player the dude's a baby i think he's a better basketball player but he's we're not. talking about nascar we're a nascar podcast we're not behind i understand the ball. but that's, we're that's behind absurd the wall. that you're saying that you're, it's absurd that you're saying that michael jordan is inferior to lebron james he is no he's not that's why we have a roush finway car hiring points because lebron james is associated with roush yeah yeah 100 <laughs> percent. yeah but I don't know. Daniel Suarez obviously coming into the season with less funding, but he also had less hype around him. So I think that's why he's like a bigger disappointment. Still 21st for Daniel Suarez in points, 22nd for Bubba Wallace. Only like a 16 point gap between the two teams, which is really interesting. This is a battle that I've been watching all year just to see how they perform. And the fact that they're just getting so close to each other is really cool to me. I love numbers, especially when it comes to sports. So seeing different points battles play out throughout the year is really interesting. And uh, I want to see a team like Roush Fenway. You see what Chris Buescher is doing. A team with, I think, a lower budget than 2311. I don't know this for a fact, but you'd have to I think so. Roush Fenway has a lower budget. They're 15th in points, and Chris Buescher, I think he can win a race in a mile and a half this year. Yeah. I mean, you, you see what Roush Fenway's doing with obvious. They're obviously working on a smaller budget than the other teams at their size. And somehow, some way, they're finding a way in the top 10. I mean, there are multiple races where you, where you had Ryan Newman and uh, Chris Buescher running in the top 10, and it's not like there's a, it was a wreck fest and one at Talladega race. It was a mile and a half track. And you had both of them running in the top 10. So I don't know if they're winning caliber. But I could definitely see one of them finding a way into the top 10. It, at least both of them finishing in the top 10. Because usually someone will fall out. I don't I don't know if there's been a race this year where both of them have finished in the top 10. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's a, They came on and like broadcasted it as the best season ever. 
And then Kyle Larson came and <laughs> pretty much like ruined that narrative. What well, is the best season ever? About the best season this, ever. This, this season's incredible. I think it's far from the best season ever. And I think, uh, Donna, you know my uh, opinion on the constant state of the sport. So I don't think it's the best season ever, but I think Boo. it is interesting with all the storylines that are building up uh, right now. So I don't know. Hendrick Motorsports is going to keep killing it, I think. And then I think the second team below them is Penske. I agree. They're going to start kicking. Ryan Blaney, he seems to just always be there. He, can, he has obviously picked up the win at Atlanta earlier this year. But then once Brad Kay starts kicking, Joey Logano, you can never look away from him. I don't know. We could see a good battle between Penske and Hendrick later down the line. Yeah. I mean, it could, it could easily be Penske versus Hendrick in the championship four, which probably won't be the most exciting. But it's – it's it's looking more and more like that's that's going to be our final four with Keselowski, Logano, Elliott, and uh, and Larson, with Larson winning it all. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you on Kyle Larson winning it. But before we move on to the next segment, I got a fun fact for you. You want to hear? Ooh, fun fact. fact. What's the fact? So if you were to look at the Xfinity Series garage and look at all the drivers put them in an equal car who do you think uh the competitors think is the best driver in the xfinity series brandon brown brandon brown yeah by talking with a guy from jd motorsports you're not going to believe it because you trash this guy all the time everybody says that bj mcleod is the most badass racer and best racer in the xfinity series garage because apparently, uh, so I was talking to him and he said he drove a JD Motorsports car at Bristol a couple years ago and wheeled it to a top 10. That that chassis that he drove on that car was a Michael Watcher Bracing show car. And JD Motorsports bought this show car from Michael Watcher Bracing so they could take the, what, it's like lower control arm or something off of it. They ended up using the chassis and he finished top 10 with it. 2015 at Richmond, he was just driving around, and uh, crew chief came over the radio. He's like, "BJ, you're going slow." He's like, "Yeah, I got bored and started driving with one hand on the wheel. Put both hands on the wheel. Picked up three tenths a lap." Apparently, that's like the that. top dog in the Xfinity Series garage on like what people think the best driver is. Okay, that's 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 absurd because if you were to put Brandon Brown in a JGR car. Oh my goodness! I mean, you see what he's doing with his with Brandon Built Motorsports. It's a one car team. You see what Jeremy Clements is doing. Yeah, Jeremy Clements too. Shout out Steve Carnes. Yeah, I don't know. I think Brandon Brown's good, but I don't know. I'd be interested to see what BJ McLeod can do after hearing like what people really think of BJ. Yeah, I mean he he's obviously an intimidating guy. I mean, I when I was at Talladega, he walked by me, and I was gave me shivers i mean he's, he's a scary looking dude but I, I just don't fire suit unbuttoned yeah <laughs> <laughs> he walked in wearing the fire suit I and mean, it was that's sweet it, it's a it's a weird looking fire suit i don't know what it is with bj mcleod motorsports but uh i just i just don't see him being the top of the top he's obviously super nice guy looks intimidating and he he, he is keen on giving young drivers their shot in Xfinity and 
helping them make a name for themselves. I mean, you see the the driver core that's come out from under him, and I mean, they're not. I mean, they're not in great cup rides, but you've got a couple, and they're they're at least getting some kind of exposure. So he's he's good for that. I just don't see him in equal equipment. I just don't see him standing a chance. But I mean, then again, I'm not in the Xfinity garage, so I, I don't know. Just opinion wise, if you put everybody in the cup garage in the same car, give them, give them all Kyle Larson, Hendrick's car, Hendrick car this year. Who do you think is the best driver in the Cup Series? Ooh, uh, the best driver. That's a good question. Should we? Okay, well let's limit it because obviously we could just say Kyle Larson or Joey Logano. Yeah, All right, so let's go Minsky, mid-tier, Hendrick, mid-tier JGR, driver. and Stewart Haas Racing out of the picture. Yeah, JTG, Roush Rich Trenet, Childress, Richard Petty. Uh, we'll go. I, I know Kurt would do well in the ride, so we'll we'll do we'll exclude Kurt. So you got Chastain. Uh, who else? Uh, Roush Fenway. Uh, I can't think of the team name. Alfredo's team. Uh, front row. Oh, front row, yeah. Um, I would mm, – that's tough. I'd, I'd probably say Chastain. I Chastain or Reddick. That's what he's doing this year. Ooh. That's a good one. I wasn't even thinking Reddick. Yeah, Reddick would be good. I, I, you know, but I'm, I'm a firm believer, though, because that people – excluding uh uh i'm not i'm not gonna say the name but uh you, you probably know what i'm talking about uh excluding some people i believe that if anyone was in a j or a jgr or a kyle larson type car with that kind of speed they would do well because they're in the cup series for a reason they obviously can drive a car so i think given the opportunity to be in top tier equipment they'd probably perform I agree. I'd have to go with Corey LaJoy because he's kind of he's in a spire car and uh, he's doing what he's doing. He's stacking pennies and he hasn't really done bad in that car. Like it's it's spire. It's not supposed to be a good car, but he's racking up top 20s. He's got a top 10 on the season, obviously 30th in points. But like I said, it's a spire car. And I thought he was going to be one of the top dogs to get the 48 ride till Rick Hendrick somehow landed Kyle Larson kudos to him but somehow I don't know Spire Motorsports uh putting Corey LaJoy in the seat's a smart move especially with Justin Haley getting in the seat they got two really good drivers in the stable obviously Haley's going to colleague which we're going to go to here in a couple minutes but yeah I don't know I think Corey LaJoy is a extremely good race car driver yeah I agree all right speaking of Hendrick though so it was announced today the most surprising news of 2021 Jeff Gordon out of the booth at Fox Fox sports. He's not going to return after this season. Uh, he's moving to Hendrick. He's going to be the, uh, the vice president or vice chairman of Hendrick motorsports. He's basically going to be overseeing uh, competition and marketing. And this is obviously a move to get him in the organization committed. And then once uh, Hendrick, Rick Hendrick retires and probably after next year, Jeff Gordon's going to take over, become chairman. That's the most obvious thing ever, but 
Now we've got Silly Season in the Fox Sports booth, and we've talked about it the past couple weeks. Obvi- I think no-brainers Jamie Mack for the, for the third chair in the booth each Sunday on Fox Sports. But we do a lot of dark horse fun on this podcast. So who is your dark horse to jump in the seat and replace Jeff Gordon on Sundays? Huh. I think dark horse, if we're looking at people possibly retiring, people possibly coming up and uh, being in the booth, I think if we're looking driver-wise, I think you're going to look at Kurt Busch. When he's gone and done truck races, I think he's done extremely well, and I like listening to him. Same with Kevin Harvick. Whenever he comes into the booth for Xfinity races, I really enjoy those races because he gives really good analysis. But if we're looking within the Fox Sports camp, I already know what you're going to say, so I'm not yeah, going to say don't it. Take mine. So, but if I could just pick, I'd go Adam Alexander because of just how good he is. I want to restructure that whole Fox Sports booth, but I know Mike no. Joy and Clint are stuck there, but... I just I want Adam Alexander, and I think he's got the skill set within the booth to uh, go and make Fox Sports watchable again, make it compete with NBC, and uh, shut up. I don't Your know, bias is just give a really good uh, presentation. Your bias is showing again. Uh, well, my, mine's a no-brainer. I said it when uh, before Clint Boyer got announced, and after uh, after Daryl Waltrip retired. We had that year where there were only two. There's only Mike Joy and Jeff Gordon in the booth. Uh, I think out of obviously, if if there are a, there's a surprise, uh, there's a surprise retirement in NASCAR out of the drivers. Kurt Busch would definitely be a solid choice. He he does an incredible job in the booth. He's fun to listen to, which was surprised me to say the least. But either Keselowski or uh, a or Kurt Busch driver wise I mean you could uh, somehow pull Carl Edwards back but I think it's going to be tough for him he, he doesn't want to race anymore but once you get someone around racing it's going to be tough to say no it's like a, a, a sober dude going back to the bar to hang out with his friends I mean it's it's kind of tough for him not to pick up a beer uh, so I, I don't see there's any poss- there's there's no possibility that, uh, that Carl Edwards is going to come back to nascar in any facet unless he does like a one-off race which is still unlikely but i gotta go with michael waltrip for years now he's been doing truck races he'll jump in the xfinity booth every now and then he's he's a good analyst because you need an analyst in the role i love adam 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 alexander it's a tough name to say when you're trying to go fast adam alexander i love the guy i think he's a great uh, great commentator but i mean you kind of need an analyst in that role you know, like the uh, the Larry McReynolds type, because Adam Alexander is the star of the show in the Xfinity series. So you got to build the team around him. So I don't think Adam wants to jump in the booth with Mike Joy just because Mike Joy is the goat. But I think Michael Waltrip, he's got experience. He's fun to listen to. I'm sure he would love to jump in the booth on Sundays. So dark horse for me, Michael Waltrip takes over third seat. Can you imagine how awesome it'd be to have Clint and Michael in the booth? Can you imagine how awful that would be to watch? Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe for you because you don't like fun. I don't like fun. I like professional broadcasting. I'm pretty By the sure way, if, F1 if, at Austria sure if, this weekend, it's going to be a great race. And you know what's going to be yeah. greater? The broadcast. 
Uh, I'm pretty sure if you had the option, you would watch NASCAR in black and white just because you are boring. Hey, give me Ken Squire up in the booth. I'll watch black and white any day. That's when the broadcasts were great. Dude, I miss Barney Hall. Talking about the old dudes. I'll go back and listen to MRN Classic Races podcast on Spotify. And just hearing his voice, it's like butter. Ken Squire did the PA system at Charlotte for the Roval the first two years that they did it. And just like listening to Ken Squire's voice, just like, I don't know, it made the whole like race seem retro. It was so awesome. And then I went back there for the Coke 600 and he was not doing PA. So that sucked. Tough. It's like, I mean, it's just, you've, you've got the classic voices in sports like Brent Musburger with ESPN. I miss, I miss watching national championship games with him and Herb Street. You just you just kind of gravitate towards the the commanding and friendly voices in the booth, and we're way off track at this point. But uh, yeah, I would go Michael Waltrip, hundred percent. Other news this week, though, somehow, College Racing got not one but two charters in the Cup Series. Justin Haley's full time in the seat. Uh, other drivers have not been announced. Obviously, all uh, is going to be in the ride for. I'd assume probably half to three quarters of the races, but he's going to be shooting for the uh, the Xfinity Championship next year. What do you what do you think about this move? Are you surprised that they got two two charters and not just one? I'm shocked that they're usually when you see see teams make their first season, they go one car. Colleague didn't like that idea. They want to go two cars, go all in with the next gen car. And first off, I want to say that I was right. Justin Haley's going Cup racing, and I'm pumped about that because I think he can do something. But then for the second seed, A.J. Allmendinger's obviously, you know he's going to be there for the road courses. And what, we're at seven this year. We're probably on pace to have like 14 next year, have to schedule on road courses. Um, the season's going to be on road courses. Yeah, let's do it. Go full F1 mid. That's uh, terrible. Shoot, exchange the IndyCar schedule with NASCAR, and that'll be what we're looking at. Oh. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about a mass, mass exodus in ratings for NASCAR if they pull the IndyCar schedule. Just wait till Goodness we're going gracious. Chicago Street Course racing next year. Going to be the worst race of the year. But uh, uh, I don't know. I think literally we're preaching up. more short tracks. They're like, okay, road courses. Yep. Let's give you a road course with only 90 degree turns. But I think Kaz Grawl is going to go to the, uh, I don't know. I'd assume they'd go like with the 16. I don't know who the other, what the other number is going to be, but Kaz Grawl, I think, is going to fill in for the other races that AJ Allmendinger doesn't do because Kaz Grawl is a wheel man, and I think he can do something in that car and give Kolig, I guess, the first year that it needs, especially with Haley in there, because Allmendinger is going to run good at the uh, at the road courses. You know he's going to do that because he's always good there. IMSA cars, Xfinity cars, Cup cars, he's good in anything. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. It, it surprises me, but at the same time, it doesn't that they don't have two full-time drivers next season. I mean, obviously, you want to keep your presence presence in Xfinity Series, uh, assuming that they're going to have Jeb Burton and uh, and Allmendinger full-time next season. I don't know about the third car. I'm, I'd, if, if I were Matt Collig, I'd go two cars Xfinity, two cars Cup, just so you don't spread yourself thin money-wise. But uh, – I'm surprised that they they're going part time with one of the charters. And if I'm not, I, I don't know why they didn't just go one charter, save some money, sew it into your Cup Series or your Cup team, 
and just run with uh, run part time, no charter like you're doing this season because they're obviously not going to be competing for a championship with two different drivers. I mean, future wise, it makes sense, but for next season, I mean, it's it's a big gamble on their end. I hope it pays off because I'm I'm as time goes on, I'm slowly turning more and more into a colleague racing fan just because I admire Matt Colleague and all the all that he does with both uh, Lee Filter and all of his different organizations and uh, corporations. But I'm I'm interested. I'm intrigued. I'm an Almendinger fan now. Uh, he was resurrected in my in my mind. I used to not enjoy him too much, but. That's how it's gone for me with NASCAR. I mean, I want a huge Kurt Busch fan. And, I mean, I, I, I'd like to see him win now. I won't say he's he's not my favorite driver, but I like seeing these comeback stories. I'm a big comeback guy. Big comeback guy. Huge comeback guy. You want to talk about comeback, though? Comeback sauce. Have you ever had comeback sauce? Never heard of it. You ever heard comeback sauce? No. Oh, dude. I don't even know what's in it, but it's good. There's this place in Tuscaloosa called Glory Bound, and it's a uh, it's a Euro shop. Some people call them gyros; they're incorrect. It's called Euro. But uh, Adam and I went down there at the end of uh, last semester, right before we graduated. Went to uh, went to Glory Bound, got a Euro, had a steak, lettuce, tomato, some onion, uh, cheese, and comeback sauce. Oh my goodness. I don't know what's in it, but it's it sure is tasty. So, definitely a comeback guy through and through. Unbeatable. Okay, but speaking of sauce, what's the best condiment? Don't do this to me. Uh, barbecue sauce. Like what kind? Like Sweet um, Baby Ray's? Or? Yeah, Sweet Baby Ray's is good. I, I enjoy all their flavors. Uh, yeah. I enjoy like uh, Stuckies. Or not, no, not Stuckies. Stubbs. Stubbs is good. Rufus Teague. I mean, but those are all like the specialty barbecue sauces. But, but if you're going for a barbecue sauce that you can find on the shelves everywhere, probably Sweet Baby Ray's. I'm kind of torn between hot sauce and barbecue sauce. I, I, it's tough to consider barbecue or a hot sauce a condiment just because it, you know, it's not the same consistency as like ketchup uh, or something. Ketchup and whatever. I mean, I don't know. I feel like condiments are such a wide range of tasty treats because you got relish relish is great pickles is great both are considered condiments salt pepper condiment ketchup hot sauce barbecue mustard condiment i mean that's tough if we're going sauce i'd go barbecue sauce fun fact back at charlotte uh sweet baby rays like had like a booth and they were just giving out sauce so i left there i got we had four of us me my dad my brother and then my dad's buddy brett and so we had four. They were handing out full things of Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce. So we left there with four things of barbecue sauce and then a bunch of little, like sample cups of every single different sauce. We got loaded up with barbecue sauce and tried it on like different meats throughout the weekend. But if I had to pick one sauce that I like the most, I don't know. I I love honey mustard. Honey mustard's honey good, mustard's good. But like honey roasted barbecue sauce from chick-fil-a then you got the jack mm. daniels glaze at uh, fridays so i'd have to go the mm. jack daniels glaze but if we're looking like basic stuff i'll go just plain jane honey mustard 
which uh which which fast food restaurant has the best honey mustard now that's a good question because i'm a big chicken nugget connoisseur okay um, ryan vargas i don't know uh probably bojangles bojangles, I've had has bojangles honey mustard honey mustard that stuff is so good hattie b's has got some good honey mustard it must be a bama thing no it's that's that's a tennessee deal yeah, it's literally Nashville. It's it's Hattie B's is Nashville hot chicken. I'll be in Nashville next year, so I'll try it out. What are you going to Nashville for? My twenty first. And going honky tonking. Yes, sir. And then hopefully it's race weekend that weekend too, so I'll just cap it off with the race. Oh yeah, that actually be pretty sweet. All right, I pulled up a condiment draft. Well, let's let's work through this together. Let's do it. All right. Uh, in the uh, in the Northeast, first round, we got guacamole and spinach and artichoke dip. All right. That's kind of weak. I feel like it's easy to say guacamole, but spinach and artichoke dip, when it's done right, it's pretty good, especially on like a pita chip. Yeah. The spinach and artichoke dip, definitely. Pops that one. That's interesting because I'd go guacamole. Guacamole, I definitely is the, uh, I'd say is the one or two seed. I make a bomb guacamole, but I don't like guacamole. Funny story. How do you know it's bomb if you don't like guacamole? I've just heard it's really good. <laughs> everybody, because I All remember right. I made it for my Spanish class one year. We had a Spanish party, and everybody asked if they ah. could take it home with them. Hola. Hola, como estas? Me gusta nada. Bien, y tú? I stopped taking Spanish two years ago. I can't do that Dude, anymore. I took two semesters and I'm out Spanishing you. So did I. I had to take, what, I took a total of six, I guess, four years in high school and two semesters in college. That's not boating well for you. No, it's you not. You can't respond. All right. All right. Screw it. All right. Spanish artichoke dip. Winner. All right. Uh, queso and bean dip. Easy money. Queso. Yeah, Any queso. day of the week. Okay, so bean dip is pretty good though. All right, uh, ketchup mustard. This is a this is a Southwest. Let me hear yours. I'm interested to see where you go with this. It it depends because ketchup is my favorite condiment on fries. But when it's not fries, I don't really ever eat ketchup just because I don't I don't like ketchup on chicken. That's weird. Uh, potato. Actually, I'll, I'll say potato products. Ketchup's my go-to. Yeah. But mustard's good. But I think I think mustard's more versatile. You can go pretzels, uh, hot dogs, brats. Uh, I don't know. I, I'll, I'm gonna go mustard. Uh, this is a tough one because I I love mustard, but then ketchup. You can't turn down like ketchup on some tater tots. I don't or, even like tater tots unless what? they're like super crispy. Huh? So do yeah. you not like Hardee's like tater tot rounds? I'm. I've never, uh, besides Chick-fil-A, I really do not enjoy, like, breakfast hash browns. Huh. I don't know. I'd have to get ketchup. But, like, I could see mustard as a solid argument. All right. Oh, well, we got we to gotta pick a winner, though. Go with mustard. Mustard makes honey mustard, so. That's true. All right, speaking of honey mustard, next matchup. Oh, this is a tough one. Honey mustard versus barbecue sauce. 
Uh, honey mustard is extremely versatile, but so is barbecue sauce. But I don't. I could. I dip my fries in honey mustard. I stick, dip my chicken tenders in honey mustard. Then you can also use it as a salad dressing. That's With true. barbecue <laughs> sauce, you put it on barbecue. That's boring. Barbecue, uh, any type of side dish. Uh, it's in baked beans. Uh, you put it on pizza. Ugh, barbecue Smoke. pizza is no bueno. Dude, barbecue chicken pizza, that's that's the truth right there. Nah. All right, uh, so I'm I'm obviously going barbecue sauce. You're going honey mustard. No, honey mustard all a, the way. Flip a coin here. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Siri flip coin. What's uh you wanna go honey mustard heads? Yep. All right. Siri flip a coin. Oh, it didn't make a sound, but it says it's tails. I'll screenshot this image of you. All right. Barbecue sauce moves on. All right, northeast. So we've got our uh, yeah, we got next round. All right, uh, ranch dressing versus Italian dressing. Italian dressing, I can't stand ranch. Yeah, I like I like Italian. Ranch and carrots is undefeated though. I like uh, marinated my chicken in Italian dressing. Ooh, dude, Italian salad, like the pasta salad. Yep. Oh, I, I love, love pasta that is salad. A, that is a staple of a American picnic right there. That uh that. The Italian like pasta salad at uh at Bristol when I went there they had like box lunches and Food City provided our box lunches and gave us a uh, pasta salad easily mm. the best pasta salad I've ever had like I want to go to Tennessee just to go to a Food City so I can pick up twenty jugs of that pasta salad and I'll eat it every day. Speaking of food, did you see the new RVA sticker? I did not. So the so within the R the confines of the RVA logo, it's U crops rainbow cookies okay those they're the i don't know if i'd say best cookie but they're they're top three dude a cookie cake made out of rainbow cookies oh (laughs) dude that sounds so good all right can't get sidetracked uh next matchup oil and vinegar thousand island thousand island yeah i agree all right next matchup buffalo or sriracha buffalo yeah buffalo i'm not i'm not a I'm not a huge sriracha fan. It's good. Uh, it's good every now and then, but Buffalo is it's too good. I'm All right. Uh, sweet chili or hot sauce? Ooh. What are you going to go with? Me. Hot sauce. I don't know. I like spicy food, so I'll go hot sauce. What's your, what's your favorite brand of hot sauce? Uh, I don't know. I prefer like Red Hot over Texas Pete. Lynn Tabasco is pretty good. Uh, I don't know. Texas thing. I don't like te- use. I don't know. Taco Bell's hot sauce is good. <laughs> oh, dude. Ta- I had Taco Bell for lunch. Their fire sauce is so good. Uh, number one hot sauce for me, Texas Pete. Number two, Crystal. Where does Tabasco rank? Uh, I'm not a huge Tabasco fan. I'd probably put it four. I put Tabasco over Texas Pete. Really? God. All right. All right, back to back to Northwest. Uh, we got spinach and artichoke versus queso. Queso wins. Queso. All right, uh, mustard versus barbecue. Ooh. Barbecue. I like barbecue a lot more than I like mustard. Yeah, barbecue just goes back to being more versatile than mustard is. Yeah, I feel like when you condiments have to be versatile. Yeah, mustard has a barbecue. very like specific taste. Like barbecue, I'd say barbecue is number one seed. Sweet. Yeah, I'd agree. 
All right, uh, Italian dressing, Thousand Island. Ooh. It depends it. what kind of Italian dressing. Like if we're looking like basic Olive Garden basic, Italian dressing. No, basic Italian dressing. Uh, all these are coming off. Okay, the, all these condiments are name brand. Uh, we'll do it just for you, Food Lion. So Food Lion generic brand. All right, yeah, uh, we'll go Italian things. dressing. Um, well, I disagree. Thousand Island, Big Macs. Uh, I don't Dude, know. the sauce on the Big Mac is so good. It is pretty good, but I don't know. Thousand Island dressing is good some places, bad other places. I think Italian dressing everywhere is pretty solid. Yeah, okay, fine. Italian dressing moves on. Uh, Buffalo versus hot sauce. Battle of the heat. Buffalo. As much as I want to disagree, oh, yeah, Buffalo's the, the better condiment there. All right. Semifinals. Queso versus barbecue sauce. I'm going barbecue sauce. I'm not a huge cheese guy, so I'll go barbecue sauce. Mm. Yeah. Cheese is every... I, I think queso is overrated at Mexican restaurants. Salsa is 10 times better than queso. Yeah. Especially the, like uh, queso, the, but sauce is the white sad. dip at uh, Virginia Mexican restaurants. Mm-hmm. They don't have that anywhere else. I didn't know that until I went to school in Alabama. Huh. It's only a Virginia thing. And you ask for it when you're down in a, if you're if you're at a Mexican restaurant in Alabama and you ask, hey, can I get some of that white sauce? They're like queso? And you're like, no, white sauce. You're like, I don't know what that is. And I was stunned. That's wild. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's only Virginia and like one other state. It's like Arizona or something. It's weird. All right. Uh, next matchup, Italian versus Buffalo. Going Buffalo. Buffalo. That's easy. All right. Uh, championship. This is, uh, I'd probably say, two number one seeds. Buffalo versus barbecue. I know you're going barbecue here, but I'd have to go Buffalo because it goes back to me liking spicy foods. And Buffalo yep, sauce is just so good. It's like you think spicy and you think Buffalo. And then yeah, you think but, spicy, and you're like mild, medium, hot. Like if you were to look at like a B Dub's menu and everywhere, like that's just like a yeah, good but, spicy flavor. I know, but you're not using this for a uh, for a main dish. This is a condiment. Like you're dipping it in the in the condiment. So you got buffalo and you got barbecue. Like, yeah, I mean, I love buffalo. It's great. But if I had to choose a sauce to dip my fries or tater t- or my potato product in, I would go barbecue sauce. Yeah, I agree with that, but chicken, hands down. If you're having wings, I don't want no barbecue wings. I want some. Or barbecue rings, wings are good too. No. Buffalo is where it's at. Hooked All right, let's bar- let the Buffalo fans decide because we're not gonna we're not gonna convince our, each other to go either way. All right, so we want we want to hear y'all y'all's opinion. Best condiment, buffalo or barbecue? We're gonna we're gonna do a poll, and. I mean, it means absolutely nothing, but we want to hear what y'all think. It means absolutely everything. This settles a uh, well, debate. I mean, there's nothing. Nothing's going to come out of it except for bragging rights. <laughs> yeah, but that's what we strive for here. All right, I bet you five bucks that barbecue is going to be on top. Take my bet. I think that barbecue is going to be on top too, because that's what the people. Oh, think, come on! Not what I think. Oh, but five bucks. Five bucks. Five bucks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll make it. I'll make it a little, little tougher because I do think barbecue is the easy choice. 
Barbecue will have over 75%. Okay, I'll take the five-buck bet on that. All right, let's go. All right, vote barbecue. Team barbecue, baby. We This is a barbecue podcast anti-sugar cone going back to last week. <laughs> we spent like 20 minutes talking about condiments. <laughs> Pro coffee ice cream. We, we've spent more time talking about condiments than we did talking about Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes most weeks. And Adam's not even here. This is something like Adam would thrive in. It was two people who have very opposite opinions on everything in life. True that. Yeah. All right. Let's jump into hot t- or uh, rowdy takes, dark horses for a Pocono. Let's go overall. So since it's a doubleheader, and I'm not going to be able to come up with two separate dark horses. We'll go average finish for both races, dark horse, and then a weekend hot take. Starting with you, Joshy. Uh, this guy's making my uh, dark horse uh, seem pretty easy. I'm going to go Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Got a top 10 finish this week at Nashville. I think he's going to go into Pocono, carry that momentum, and go and do pretty solid in both races, I think. He'll be a top 15 car, and if he's in top 15, I think I think there's probably the invert of the top 20 on Sunday. So if he can be in the top 20 on Saturday to get the invert, I think he has a really good shot of running good on Sunday. Hot take. Hot takes are hard for Pocono because there's not many incidents, there's not many wrecks, and there's not much action. So... I don't know. I think we have... No. I was going to say something about brake problems, but I forgot we're not racing the 750 package. I don't know. I think Hendrick Motorsports, their dominance goes downhill, and on Saturday, one of the races, they don't have any other cars finishing the top 10. Oh, God. One of them. It's not. It doesn't have to be. It's not specific okay. to Saturday just, or Sunday. Just one. just one of them. Okay. All right. Dark horse for me this weekend. Ryan Priest. He's on the up and up. And Josh, you said it the other day. JTG may dissolve the ride. Who knows? I don't think so. But I think at this point, he's got to prove his worth. He can definitely drive. I mean, he he won the truck race and had a good time doing it. So I got Ryan Priest, dark horse, both races. Hot take. We're gonna see the same guy win both Saturday and Sunday and it would be a basic pick to it would be basic to pick Kyle Larson so I'm not going to pick a driver but I'm going to say whoever wins Saturday is going to win on Sunday and come back from the invert 20th to 1st usually you don't see that at Pocono but this whichever driver it is is going to be they're going to be dominant so that's that's my rowdy take I stand behind it but thanks for uh, thanks for enduring the entire condiment argument to get to this point. So make sure you go vote in the poll on uh, Buffalo versus barbecue so we can figure out what the superior condiment is. But thanks for joining us this week. On behalf of Joshua Slate, I'm Henry Hobbs. We'll see you next week.